Good evening. Today is July 28th, 2021. We are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is the appendix and our speaker tonight is Randy N. Uh, thank you. Hey everyone, uh, Randy, compulsive overeater. Um, grateful to be here tonight to do service and uh, thanks for inviting me for that purpose. Um, I was asked to speak on the traditions, uh, <clears throat> which I am no expert on um, in terms of all the details and the interplay of it. Um, but I have started to incorporate the traditions into my life, um, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. I, I just wanna qualify for a moment. I really don't wanna tell my story too much because it's not so important, except that I am a compulsive eater. Came into the program, 315 pounds, binged all day long, hiding, stealing, um, manipulating, um, anything abusive that I could do with food to my body, I did. I often uh, stopped at drive throughs and convenience stores every time I drove from one place to another. Whenever I had an opportunity to be in alone, I would order massive amounts of food, like pizza, a gallon of ice cream, bag of chips and finish it off. And that would just be one meal for a day. Um, and I've been that way since I've been a little kid. Um, so I came in, I was about 315 pounds. Uh, I've lost, I don't know, probably around 85, 90 pounds at this point. Um, which is good. I do want to add that, you know, people do come to this room for physical recovery. Um, but when I'm off, when I'm having a bad day, I feel just as bad um, at this weight as when I was at a higher weight. So it really doesn't help my life at all. Um, hopefully it'll extend my life a little bit, but uh, it has not improved my life at all in terms of my relationships with people and my relationship with my higher power. It's kind of just a side effect of this. It's like this program to me is a medication and like weight loss is just a side effect of that medication. Um, so, um, this is not a weight loss program at all. If you're here thinking it is, um, it's very dangerous. And I have never heard that preamble before. Um, but I took a picture of it when I was reading it and this, uh, sentence here, a, the moment they take so much as one drop of beer, wine, spirits, or any other alcoholic beverage, they automatically lose all status as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. AA is not interested in sobering up drunks. AA is not interested in helping you diet um, who are not sincere in their desire to stay out of the food or stay from compulsive eating for all time. Not being reformers, we just offer our experience to those. That is... I don't know why that was ever changed. That is probably one of the biggest problems I've, I see in this program is that just keep coming back to meetings, everyone. Um, I did that for about eight years and it sucked. It was real. I was in a lot of pain for years. Actually, when I came in, I was just really fat. I wanted to lose weight. And then my life got really shitty. So I forgot it was being recorded really crappy. Or I don't even know if that matters. It's not like anyway. Um, you know, I, I pretty much wanted to kill myself by the time I decided to actually work this program and keep coming back to meetings kills people. It really does. This idea that you could just come to meetings and do outreach calls and send in your food to your sponsor and stay sober is, is, um, in my experience, it was a complete failure. 
Um, I have really bad days still. I am, I'm, I, I don't want food right now, but my life isn't perfect at all. Um, but I will tell you it's significantly better than it was from coming to this program. And I do want to talk about the traditions, but I do want to talk about them in the concept of how they apply to my life. So the 12 steps talks about applying all these principles in all our affairs. Now the 12 steps was written prior to the 12 traditions, right? Um, so it, it did not include the traditions when it was written. However, the 12 traditions and the 12 concepts, those are part of this program. And we need to bring this into all our affairs. So I, I once heard a speaker talk about this in the context of bringing the traditions into your family, into your relationship. Um, so I'm gonna talk about that a little. Um, the first tradition is our common welfare that, that I found and worked on a little bit, but our common welfare comes first. A healthy relationship depends upon unity. So this program, when it launched into this world, it was a family program. Everybody met together. It was not a, uh, you know, John goes off to the meeting and, you know, Betty stays home, you know, taking care of the kids. It was like- 15 minutes left. Perfect. Thanks, Roberto. John and Betty, um, went to meetings together, they prayed, they meditate together, they grew together, because you know what, they were both in a tremendous amount of pain. I put my wife in a tremendous amount of pain by being in this disease. I know everybody's not married. So if you're not, um, don't worry, you may be one day. Uh, and even if you're not, this applies to any type of relationship in your life. Um, friendships, spouses, any relationship I have today, I want unities. What, what does unity mean? It means we're together as a unit. We are not separate individuals with competing interests. We need to have a similar goal in terms of whatever our relationship is. We need to be moving to the same direction. It's not about lusting after somebody and then expecting them to do our will once they succumb to our flirtatious nature. And, and decide to stay with us for a while or attracted to our money or our power or whatever it is. Um, it's about unity. It's about creating a bond based on more than just our individual separate ideas. Uh, I can talk on and on about some of these, but I'm gonna try to get through as many as I can. Tradition two, for our, our family or relationship purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God. Um, you use gender neutral, so I'll change it here as God expresses God and our in, informed family conscience. Each partner is God's trusted servant. Neither govern, governs. Um, right. I'm not the boss. My wife's not the boss. My kids aren't the boss. My dog's not the boss. Nobody's the boss. We work together based on spiritual principles that we come together and decide to implement in our lives as a family. If we're not implementing these spiritual principles in our life, we're just running around like our like our, our heads are cut off, you know, like chicken with our heads cut off. I mean, I know when I was in disease, even now, I'm, I'm, I'm a selfish man. I am quite a selfish man and I have a lot of ego. And when I want to go in one direction, um, it often conflicts with the direction that the other people around me, especially my family, want to go in. And the only way I can return to some balance, this is the biggest blessing, is I have like a guidepost. I have God. I have God. And not only do I have a God, we as a family have God. 
Um, the cool part is we get to make up our own higher power. So if each family could do it on their own. And that sounds like a fun, you know, exercise, but you don't get to live. Well, I'm saying you, I'm really not lecturing. Um, I'm talking to myself more than anything. I don't get to live with a, a separate life here than, than my family. It just does not work if I do that. Tradition three, two or more persons when gathered together for a mutual benefit may call themselves a relationship, right? Anybody, anybody you want. The only basic requirement is a, for a good marriage or relationship is mutual desire to be in that relationship and willingness to make it work. Well, what does that mean? It means listening to each other. It means talking to each other and not just saying, okay, I want this and I want this and let's compromise in the middle. It's saying, hey, look, tradition two, let's turn to God. You know, let's see what God would want for both of us and let that guide our decision. And when that happens, there's a lot less conflict. Cause I know when I do it individually for myself, right? Like when I can be in that moment where I'm about to like blow up and I could just say, oh wait, there's God. Like what would God do here? Um, that moment turns out incredible. Even more so when you're doing that inside of a relationship. Uh, Number four, each partner should be autonomous except in matters affecting the other partner, the family or relationship or society as a whole, right? This means don't be codependent. You don't get to be codependent on your spouse, however, or your, your partner or your friend or whoever, um, except in things where your actions affect that other person. So for example, right? I want to go out and I want to uh, buy a new cool keychain for my keys for $9, right? I could do that myself. But if I'm going to go out and buy a new car, um, I better discuss that with my significant other. I don't get to come home with that new car and say, well, it was an amazing deal. And the other one was going to cost us more in repairs anyway. So this one's like the better one. Like I'm just saving us money in the long run. Don't you understand? Uh, no. We have to not be autonomous. We need to come together as a group and have a group conscience regarding matters affecting us as a whole. Uh, number five, each marriage or relationship has but one primary purpose, just one, to serve as an expression of God's love. This is the biggest thing I'm working on in my own recovery right now is being an expression of God's love. Um, uh, I truly believe with all my heart that God is pure love and anything I, and then God is fully in me. And if I act any way for myself, it shuts a door, it puts up a shield between God's energy and me. And when I do that in a relationship, it destroys the relationship. It, it creates a barrier it creates a lack of vulnerability. It creates a lack of closeness between me and my partner. And that's really sad because those moments when I get closer to my partner, when I get closer to my wife, um, and I can do God's will, even individually, even without coming together in this tradition together, you know, things get better. But when we sit down and we decide, hey, look, you know, God can really help us. God can really guide us. Um, we just need to love each other. We just need to unconditionally show love to each other and to others. We need to do that as a unit, right? Like I can't just be the loving man and 
and, you know, in the household, but not do it to the rest of the world as a couple, right? When we go out with a couple and a waiter messes up, I don't get to yell at him or we don't, or, you know, we don't get to gossip about somebody else. We have to be love and love is just pure goodness, pure direction, selflessness, thinking about other people and seeing how we could be of service, not only with each other, but as a unit to the rest of the world and the rest of the family. Uh, number six, a partner ought not to be overly supportive spiritually, emotionally, or physically to the marriage or relationship, less problems of ego gratification, divert him from or her from the primary purpose. Again, primary purpose is expression of God's love. You will never be on the same level in every area as a spouse. Um, you're never going to be equally physically fit and equally spiritual and equally emotionally uh, stable at the same time. However, when you're not, you don't get to rub the other your betterness, your higher level in that person's face, because you know what? You're all doing your best. And guess what? One tradition earlier, we got to say, look, we're just trying to do our best. We're just trying to express God's will. So you know what? We need to continue expressing God's will. And we do that by accepting each other for who we are as individuals and understanding we're all on different journeys. Um, being, I'm not sharing so much about my life because I kind of want to get through a lot of these. But I know people here have probably been married longer, but I've been married for about 11 years. And my wife and I have flip-flopped in terms of, I'm, I don't really believe ahead or behind, but ahead and behind in different areas of our lives. We change, things happen, circumstances happen. We all feel different. So we need to understand and respect and love each other exactly where we are. And that goes for all members of the family. Uh, number seven, each partner ought to serve, strive to be fully self-supporting spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Again, this brings in this idea of codependence. We don't have to, we don't need our spouses to be spiritual. We should be spiritual together. We don't need our spouses to be emotionally stable. We create emotional stability by trying to connect to God and do God's will. And physically, Physically, it could be a lot of different things. It could be exercise, it could be diet, it could be health. Um, and we don't rely on our spouses to take care of us. That is not what, or our partners to take care of us. Our job is to take care of them. We need to show them love. We don't need to call them and say, love us, love me, love me, love me, do for me, help me, help me. You know what? I just need, I just need to go to the gym. You need to take care of this so I can take care of myself physically. You just need to care, take care of this so I can go to a meeting. No, we ask how we can be of service. Number eight, our marriage or relationship should remain forever, a free giving relationship one to the other. And I've kind of said this already. Um, some of these overlap in a little bit, but that's all it's about. Just figuring out where you, you can give to each other. I mean, someone gave me advice when I got married and they said, it's not 50, 50, it's a hundred, a hundred. Right. Um, but you, again, it's not saying, okay, Randy's going to be a hundred percent given. This is coming together, sitting down in a meeting, having a business meeting together as a family and saying, look, this is what we're doing. There's so not so many, myself, and I suspect many others 
go through relationships, whatever the relationships are, without ever understanding the basis of the expectations of the other person and how those relationships work. And we definitely don't bring God into it. And even people who bring God into their own lives fail to, especially addicts, (laughs) uh, fail to really understand how to give to the other person. Uh, Number nine, a family or relationship should be pliable in its organization, but our group conscience may appoint certain persons responsible to serve various functions, right? Okay, so we can't be dependent on one another, but all right, someone might be better at managing the money. Someone might be better at uh, taking out the garbage. Somebody might be better at um, earning the monies. And those could be different people in terms of the money management and money earning. Someone might be better at doing the kid's hair. Cause I know I can't make a ponytail in my daughter's hair for the, for, for the life of me. Right. So you can have, obviously that's a minor role, but you can have different roles, but they should be discussed and they should be assigned. And, um, that you should always be prepared in my experience to back up that person in that role. It is not a matter of saying, Oh, that was your job. You know, that's why it didn't get done. It's, Hey, do you need help doing this? Not like I, I notice you're behind, do you need help? Do you need some help, right? How can I love you more? How can I help you more? Uh, number 10, a relationship should avoid heated controversy. Disagreements will always happen because we're human, but heated controversy, fights. There needs to be a um, discussion that when things elevate, it gets shut down. It's like the safe word. You get to call pause. It's a rule because heated controversy destroys. Anger destroys. Anger is like murder. And when you do that in a house, when everything gets heated, when you plant your feet in so deep, you can't, it's impossible to even try to bring God into it. You can't, it's impossible. You completely 100% block yourself off from God when you plant your feet in, in a heated controversy. So you get to call pause and you need to understand that and respect that ahead of time and say, look, spiritual principle, pause, heat a controversy. Everyone go to their corners. Let's, let's meet again. One minute left. Okay, good. One minute for each tradition. Number 11, each partner best conveys his or her belief and philosophy by attraction rather than promotion. Anonymity is a valuable asset to the marriage or relationship. All right. Each conveys belief and philosophy. I think we should do this. Not... I think we should do this because, and, and, and throw in random manipulative sentence to try to get your way. Just like I share my experience, just like we all can share our experience in this program, we just share our experience with why our beliefs are. We don't try to get an outcome. Again, this is the guiding force of love. Um, it's ra- attraction rather than promotion. Also, if I want to have a household where we do more charitable work, then I need to do more charitable work. I don't need to tell my spouse, you need to do more charitable work. If I want more gourmet meals, I need to start learning how to make some gourmet meals, right? Like I don't get to say you make gourmet meals. Um, And anonymity is regarding mistakes and loving gestures, right? I don't get to call my spouse or partner out on mistakes. Also, I try to do nice things and not ask for credit. I do those things anonymously and I don't call my spouse out on those things. 
And then finally, selflessness is a spiritual foundation of our way of life as marriage partners or friends, ever reminding us to place principles above personalities. And the principle, the guiding principle is unselfishness, unselfishness and love. Um, no relationship will flourish or grow or develop if there is any unselfishness involved, if there's any selfishness involved. Again, it blocks God off it separates and it destroys who we are. Um, thanks for letting me share. And um, I guess that's it. Thank you, Randy. Uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes to, for each share and announce when the time is up? Uh, okay, who would like to share? Uh, if no one, I, I don't see anyone with their hand up. I just, uh, I, I would like to share Chris Compulsive Overeater. Uh, Randy, first off, man, I don't know you. I've never seen you speak before, but that was amazing. Uh, like absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I, I have so many questions that I want to ask you. Uh, I'm going to steal your number, but I just want to say that, uh, you hit the nail on the head in the beginning of your uh, lead when you were talking about that, uh, this is a medication and the side effect is weight loss. Um, I've never heard anyone say it so correctly. I've lost the, I've lost over 300 pounds. And I'm it, my bad days are the same as any other day I've ever had. It doesn't it doesn't change. I'm still a crazy fucking mess. Um, and uh, yeah, you 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 hit the nail on the head. I love what you did with all of the traditions. Um, I, I uh, just celebrated a year with my partner and like we we've been uh, she's in uh, the beverage program. So she knows about sobriety. But like we we do these principles, like we do the business meeting and all that. And it's great, but man, do I realize that I, uh, I am a selfish egotistical man and I want everything. Um, so I guess my question to you, uh, out of a million that I have, I, I man, you blew me away today. Thank you. First off, but what, how do you, how do you navigate? Like if, if there is something that like you really, really want out of the relationship and your partner doesn't want that, like they're adamantly against it. Like, like, how do you begin the talk of a compromise or how do you like, do you even go to compromise? Like, how do you, and without manipulation, how do you get something that, that, that sounds terrible, but like, how do you broach the subject of like negotiation or like trying to like, you know, get to a point with something that you want or some type of, you know, uh, compromise that you want. I hope you understand what I'm asking. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Sure. and I'll keep my answer really short. Um, practically speaking, I probably still try to manipulate if I really want something. Um, that's not my ideal. Um, my ideal, I wouldn't say always, right? Like it's better than it used to be. I just don't want to present my, like, you know, I shared some nice ideas. I don't want to present myself as like the spiritual guru or something like that. Cause it's not true. Um, I don't get to want anything. I get to do God's will. That's it. Right. I get to play the role God assigns me. It's as simple as that. 
So I can come home from a day and want something. My spouse is waiting for me wanting something else. When I find out that other thing she wants, I don't get to want what I want anymore. That doesn't follow my principles. My principles are, how can I be unselfish? How can I love her more? Um, and when I can drop that, when I can stop thinking about myself for that moment, right? I can get closer to God and I can get closer to my wife um, or my children, right? I, before we, I came to this meeting, my kid was in the bathtub and she, man, I told another bath sub story with her recently. And she's difficult. She's three. And she wanted, she didn't want to come out of the bath. So the only way she would come out of the bath is if I picked her up and hugged her and I was like fully dressed. So like I got soaking wet. Like, all right. So I gave to her. I didn't want to be soaking wet because I had to come speak at this meeting and I wanted to read these traditions before I came on the camera. But I gave her a hug and I changed, right? Like I had a good moment. So that's, that's it, I guess. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, let's hear from Julie Kay. Hi, everyone. I'm Julie. I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict. Randy, thank you so much. That was incredible. And a lot of what I needed to hear as I am struggling in my 12th year of marriage right now. Um, and so much of what you said resonated. Like I, like our previous share said, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I often talk about how this is my medicine. If I don't take my medicine three times a day, um, you know, I, I am not right with the world and, you know, someone else has my disease, but they may only need their medicine once a day. It's not a, you know, this, it's a different prescription for each person. And that's a conversation between individuals and their higher power on how, how to best take their medicine and at what dose, um, so to speak. But you know, this notion that marriage isn't 50-50, it's 100-100, that's, that's something that I really need to take in um, and something I really needed to hear tonight. And also um, not being able to get what you want. I mean, my disease um, lies to me, tells me to lie to other people, uh, manipulates my memory so that I don't even remember things accurately. Um, it allows me to manipulate other people to get what I want. Um, and I'm really having to face some of that now that, you know, when I'm telling an untruth, even if I find a corner of that untruth that might have a sliver of truth in it, it's still an untruth, um, period. And that whenever I lie, there's a manipulation behind it. I'm trying to get something I want, whether it's approval love for you to like me it's all ego based and it has no place in my program and it certainly has no place in a marriage um so i just want to thank you 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 said a lot of really compelling things today that i have to now chew on for quite some time pass thank you very much julie can we hear from kathy hi guys I'm Kathy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you, Randy, for your share. I really needed to hear that. Today is literally my 14th wedding anniversary with my husband. And um, other things have been going on. And it's been, you know, our relationship 
has kind of taken the back seat. So I needed to hear that lead. It was um, really good. I also was um, struck by um, the comment that you made about the medicine and losing weight as a side effect. Um, honestly, when I came in just in January, I was hoping to lose weight for sure. But because I have um, another program under my belt, um, you know, I kind of knew that wasn't really <laughs> what was, uh, what the story was, what was going to be needed. So, um, I, uh, I need help with, and I think you already answered this with your other, um, answer to Chris. So, um, feel free to just say ditto from what you said before, but because I'm in a program and I'm trying to practice these principles in all of my affairs, including my relationship with my husband, I have a hard time when I'm trying to, when I'm like trying and I'm working my program and I'm, you know, as you outlined the, the traditions as they apply to relationships, I just get so mad because he doesn't have a program and I just want him to get it. And the other thing that I imagine you're going to answer with is attraction rather than promotion, <laughs> rather than telling him, you know, which I haven't done, but you know, you need to learn how to do this, just read this or, you know, try to make him be part of a program. He's not, he doesn't need, and he's not a part of. Um, yeah. So anyway, if you have anything to say about that, I'd appreciate it. And thank you everyone for your service. And thank you again, Randy. Yeah. Um, you answered it yourself, attraction, right? Like you need to change. You need to change. You, I'm not, I don't know you, I don't know what you need to change, but clearly you need to change. Um, prayer, meditation, service, 10th steps and correcting your relationships with everybody bringing God into as much as you can and you will change. And your husband will be like, Whoa, what happened to you, Kathy? Like what's going on here? Well, you know, I, I've been doing this, you know, if you ever want to sit down with me and meditate together and or have a conversation, you know, you're more than welcome to. And that's it. He will, or he won't, but you'll be changing anyway. So you can be more service to him. Thank you, uh, both Randy and Kathy. Can we hear from Kevin Kay? Hey, hey everyone, I'm Kevin Kay. I'm a compulsive eater. Um, Randy, we spoke before and uh, man, thank you so much for your share that really spoke to me. Um, I feel like I'm in that phase that you were in for eight years of you know coming to meetings and being of service and yet killing myself. Um, I really related to that. Uh, my question is, um, so this, the approach of applying all of these traditions to our relationships, how does this, um, how, how does that apply in abusive relationships or relationships that we either didn't have control over because it's like from family of origin or from relationships we might've gotten into before coming to program? How, how does this play out in an abusive relationship? Thanks. I don't really know the answer to the question, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think it does. 
I don't think it does. I think I think this applies in relationships where we have a voluntary group of people who want to be together um, for whatever purpose they're coming together, right? I mean, if you have a, an abusive spouse, you know, that's something you need to work out and see that if it's uh, if that's a relationship you should be in or not. I mean, that's a, that's a complicated thing, you know? Someone abuses you, you know, when you're a child or something, this doesn't come into play there. Um, this is, I believe the traditions are for people who are coming together for a common purpose. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think the steps are better suited to deal with an abusive relationship. Um, but I will say that relationships that seem abusive, I, I don't know what type of abuse you're talking about, but I was abusive. I was emotionally abusive to my wife when I'm in disease. Um, so I, I don't consider myself a bad person. I was doing my best. But, you know, if someone's beating you, right, or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into stronger terms than that, you know, I mean, you probably should just leave that relationship, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not giving relationship advice, but um, it's, it's for voluntary situations. Thank you. Uh, thank you. It is now uh, 8.47 Eastern time. So we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or 